1: This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Lovesport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport.
4: Oh, good evening, afternoon, good evening, it's Love Sport London, yeah. Miles Blumson here, it's the Crystal Palace Fan Show, the back of the Nest team, Nick Gillard, James Howard joining me, Palace fans, 0208 70 558 is our number, uh, if you want to get in touch, tell us what your opinion is of Crystal Palace, first win of 2020, first Premier League win of of the decade Palace won Newcastle nil at the weekend and uh, not the most exciting Premier League game of the season however don't, don't care do we, we? Did it's a win, a win. <laughs> we did a win at uh, last yeah uh, you guys have been saying sort of in our, our group chat Newcastle weren't very good are they
5: we had uh, a gentleman from a Newcastle pod last week who told us they were rubbish <laughs> I didn't believe him I can't remember your name, mate, but if you're listening, you were spot on. They were absolute... (laughs) The worst team I've seen at Sellers for a long, long time, apart from Palace. They just don't offer much, do they? No. No, I mean, the the bloke last week said... I said, who would you rather have, Steve Bruce or um, Alan Pardew? And he said Alan Pardew any day of the week, which was a big surprise to me.
1: Really?
4: Because I know Steve Bruce is... He's done the best with what he's got, really, this season, I think. And they're, 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 they're safe in the Premier League. Um, and he's a local lad, Wolves and Boys Club. You would have thought that the fans would get behind him a bit more. I know mean, maybe they played better football uh, previously. But at the same time, they're better players.
5: They, you, you say they're safe. I don't think they are if they carry on like that.
4: Yeah, I mean they could get dragged back into it. Anyway, enough about Newcastle. 1-0 win. Could have been more for Palace.
5: Could have been, should have been, were it not for the um, brilliance of the Newcastle goalkeeper who made two excellent saves from headers, one from Cahill, and was the other one from Dan or from Bord? I can't remember. But
6: Benteco missed a sitter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Nothing uh, new there. That. That well, yeah, <laughs> that happens every week, doesn't it? But uh, I counted up the clear chances that I felt we should have taken and I thought it could easily have been 4-0 5-0 maybe um, It's it was a bit frustrating it was only 1-0 because I think the team did deserve more on the, on the balance of play as Nick said you know we pretty much um, were on top the whole game although surprisingly the stats show that uh, Newcastle had 56% possession, and that sort of surprises me, actually. But obviously, they were they were keeping the ball a bit more than us. Um, I felt the second half was a bit frustrating. They seemed to have a little spell where they, they tried to get back into it and nearly uh, nearly scored. And that would have been awful if that would have happened, and that's what worried me, Um about the situation on the pitch where maybe we could have used some substitutions to, to press on for the extra goal because the players that were playing or had started weren't finishing um, and it took a wonderful free kick to a quality goal to get us into the game so I would have liked to have seen some early substitutions I think a lot of people sitting around me were crying out for substitutions I think we should have
2: And there-
6: Really, have have, have comfortably won that by a couple of goals at least. But in the end, we won it, so you you can't you can't complain. Uh,
4: In terms of the goals, and this is a problem for Palace this season. Joint lowest goal scorers in the Premier League: twenty-four goals. That's with Newcastle, uh, Watford, and Norwich, uh, none of whom scored a goal at the weekend. So pulled up to joint level (laughs) for the least goals in the Premier League this season. And it is always a worry if you're only one nil up in games where you're having chances that you're giving the opportunity the the opposition an opportunity to get back in the game. So it only takes a stroke of luck to score a yeah, goal in well,
6: football. I hate it because this has happened on so many occasions before that we just seem to, you know, allow the opposition to score that equaliser, and and you know that if maybe we had brought on some fresh legs, some more attacking players that we could have possibly pushed on for the second or third goal but this is this is the thing about roy he's very very cautious a very safe pair of hands but sometimes i feel he can be over cautious and he does rely on this sort of mm, we're 1-0 up let's let's keep it really defensive let's keep it safe and and then it can come back and bite you. Uh and then and then I think we have unfortunately given away points this season because we haven't been positive enough to to go for the extra the extra goal to, to convincingly win a win a match.
4: Overall performance though. Happy with the performance? I know you've said Newcastle were terrible, but was that a case of Palace making
5: Newcastle look bad as well? We pressed a lot higher this week than we have done in the past. Um I was surprised by the possessions that you just said. Um, yeah, i you know, We only had 44%, yeah. but we were a lot higher up the pitch, uh, which which helped set us up going forward a bit more. We did seem to, although we kept the same formation, it did seem different without Luca in there. We had uh, McCarthy, MacArthur um, sitting back there, and although we kind of had three defensive midfielders, MacArthur played a lot further mm. forward, and he had an excellent game. Um also, we had IU out wide on one wing with Wilf on the other wing and i u is a, a lot trickier for, for opposition players and I think Wilf is at the moment because he, he doesn't look very elegant but the ball seems to stick to his feet and... He's just been so outstanding this season, it's unbelievable.
4: Do you think it's a case of that Wilfred Zahar just hasn't hit the heights you expect of him, not necessarily that Jordan Ayo is actually more of a threat. You just expect Zahar to be more threatening.
6: I think I think Zahar hasn't been as involved uh, as he as he was last season on a, in a lot of games. Now that could be because he's being restricted. He's having to come back and defend a bit more because of the, the team playing uh, the players that are playing. You've got you know Townsend that's been out for quite a long time. But like Nick said, you know Ayu was there. He was getting older of the ball. He was dribbling a lot more. Um, so. I don't know if it's a maybe it's a bit of a confidence thing with Wilf, but he's definitely suffering this season. I I do, do agree. And interestingly enough I put a shout out, um I was asking people who would they have, you know, out of uh, Madison, Grealish and Zaha in their Mm. teams. And this was to a a big Premier League fan base, not Crystal Palace. Yeah. And very, very few, just one or two said Zaha. Everyone was pretty much going for Grealish and and then Madison second. And Zaha was, no, we don't want him. And and even a a Crystal Palace fan turned around and said, look, actually, I agree with you. Zaha's been pretty poor this season.
4: Yeah, we're going to talk a bit more about Zaha a bit later on. Um (laughs) You know, we can band around the price tag again. We can talk about uh, some players saying that they they would wish him the best if he did go. Let's get back to the game against Newcastle. And we've mentioned the possession stats. Newcastle having 56% of possession. However, and possession stats is something that I get really frustrated and wound up about. Because so many people say... Oh, they've had this much of the ball or they have this much possession. But possession can be passing it from the left back to centre back, centre back, right back, centre back, centre back, back, left back, centre back, centre back, back, goalkeeper, centre back. It's not not going anywhere. Whereas if you pick up the ball, three passes in the goal, your possession is four percent of what the other teams had, but you've you've done something with it. Look at the the stats in Crystal Palace's favour. Eighteen shots to Newcastle's eight, nine on targets to Newcastle's two, seven corners to five. They're the stats that I'm more drawn to, and the main stat, which is Crystal Palace one, Newcastle nil. But those those uh, shooting stats, and I know that goal scoring has been an issue, but creating chances hasn't been fantastic for Palace either all season. So there must be some positives from those eighteen shots and nine on target.
6: Yeah, I definitely. Um, and this is what happens: is you. In a lot of games or a lot of teams, you know, you have a bad run, you lose a few games, and then suddenly you you're, you win a game out of nothing, sort of one nil, and, but you've missed a load of chances, and then gradually those players that have missed those chances they 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 have been rusty because mm. they haven't got the chances they're getting the chances and they're missing uh, yeah. and then you know they're they're getting a bit more confident the team's won a game and then hopefully the next game which we all want to win obviously yeah. um <laughs> yeah. maybe they will take those chances and 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 we will win 2 or th- 2 or 3 nil but um but going back to the possession i think that uh, you're right that we did we did have a, we did create a lot of shots and i think what happens is we 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 scored fairly early on the in the game and you know we then sit back as Roy often does and sort of counter-attack. So generally you're saying, well, look, you come and attack us. Newcastle were very poor, but they probably did, you know, did obviously get edged over the possession. But then as soon as they lost the ball, we were very, very quick to to Mm counter-attack. And that's how we created the chances. But I would like to see us really try and retain more possession, not for the sake of just passing it sideways across the back four, because I think that's that's risky anyway yeah especially with the players we've got but I would like to see us have some sort of creative creative keep hold of it in the midfield maybe maybe get someone going out a bit wider running down a bit more so sort of get Zaha a bit more involved um maybe Townsend you know when he gets the opportunity to come on get hold of the ball and, and take it down the wing and then I think that we will we will look better rather than sort of popping up sort of with creating the odd chance here or there on a counter-attack.
5: What what you've got to also take into account is you've got those possession stats but they don't show the work that Palace are doing whilst we haven't got possession Mm. which means that Liverpool, uh, Liverpool, uh, that Newcastle (laughs) Not quite as good as Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Newcastle aren't getting forward and aren't getting those shooting opportunities which shows the work we're we're, we're doing off the ball which is kind of a good thing about Roy's tenure is, is that work rate but it's We still need to be more fluid in our movement when we have got the ball. There was still, you're talking about Zaha not doing much. Most of the game, when he's got the ball, he's down the wing, down that corner. He's got um, PVA near him, perhaps. Mm. But he's always got three or four players around him. and, And we've always said if he could get the ball out to somebody who could then maybe switch it or get it into the middle, you've got a third of the Newcastle team around Wilf. Is that Wilfred
4: Zaha's selfishness though that he's not being able to get the ball out?
5: I don't think he's being offered enough options, right? And you know, I said it on here about four weeks ago. I really think we need to do some one or two touch training matches just so that we do build up our movement. But Roy is so committed to keeping shape. Mm. I don't think that fits his kind of ethos, which is why players like Meyer and that I think haven't been getting starting. Starting places.
6: I I, I don't think Wolf plays as well when he's playing with when Ben Take's up there, to be honest with you. Really, uh, that's my opinion. Yeah.
4: See, I would have thought he'd be the perfect player, a target man from to run off.
6: I remember watching them before uh, last, even last season, and at one point, I think I said it on the radio show. Here, I said, "I, oh, I can see Wilf is ignoring Benteke; he's not passing to him because he <laughs> does him. He loses the ball. Well, right. he just loses the ball, and it just comes back. Now, Benteke has been playing better recently. I'll give you give him credit; he has. But uh, no, I, I, I would, uh, I will be. Um, I know we're probably going to talk about it, um, but I would prefer you know maybe someone like toson coming back into the side and i think we can maybe get wilf involved a bit more someone a bit more creative yeah um, but it was,
5: uh, was toson who who was back way deep in his own half that who won the ball to set wilf up just before right, lazaro's yeah. sending off
4: yeah yeah well yeah. We'll, we'll yeah uh Steve Bruce has said that Lazaro shouldn't have been sent off. Oh, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? It was. 10 it, it, seconds
5: to go or something. Yeah, it's lo- at the end. It was. It was
4: yeah, but that, that doesn't make a difference. It's a goal scoring opportunity, cynical foul. It, to be honest, Lazaro didn't really need to do it. 1 0, 2 0 is not making that much of a difference. He's just letting through because the ban could be more important.
5: But you're talking about Will not scoring as many goals. That's because people keep doing that to him. It's yeah. not the first time he's been rugby tackled.
4: Yeah, that's very true. Um, the person who you did say gets up in support of him and does link up with Wolford Zaha quite well, PVA, Patrick van Arnholt. Can we just take a minute to appreciate that free kick? What
6: a goal. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was such a good good free kick. And But that's what you need, you know, to win these games, especially if you've been a team that's been losing uh, or hasn't won this year. So... It takes a bit of quality, and and by God, he's got that quality amongst him. And apparently, he's the top score, top defending scorer this season in the Premier League.
4: He's fantastic. He's a fantastic shout for fantasy Premier League players and, because he's he's a defender. Palace are relatively stringent at the back. They're relatively tight. They keep quite a few clean sheets, and he scores a few goals.
6: And he's so quick. He's so quick. I mean, you know, we're all really really dissing sort of Roy for bringing him straight back into the side but actually I have to sort of say well you know what he really is a good player uh, and maybe maybe that uh, you know him coming back he had a, pr- a point to prove but I think we'll struggle to keep keep him at Palace actually if he start, continues to play like he is
5: I think it helps uh, um, while he was out injured that gyro uh, Riederwald had such a brilliant spell in there and you've got to feel sorry for gyro because voted player of the month and maybe it's the push that PVA needed to improve somewhat because I was very critical of him. Sometimes that
4: can be the thing players need. Uh, We're going to be keeping you across all of the scores going on in the Champions League and the Championship, of course, as we go through the show today. 0-0. In everything at the moment, nil-nil between Real Madrid and Manchester City, nil-nil in all of the Championship games earlier in the day. Braga going down to Rangers, Rangers through in the Europa League after that massive comeback turnaround last weekend. Uh, last week, sorry, we're going to be talking Andros Townsend next. Could he be signing a new contract? It's seventeen minutes past eight. This is Love Sport London.
1: Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice.
4: It's the Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport London. Miles Blumsum here, joined by the Back of the Nest podcast team, Nick Gillard and James Howard. Let's talk Andros Townsend. He's been hinting that he wants to sign a new Crystal Palace contract. He's got 18 months left on his current deal. Personally, I think it's a good move for both parties. I think he's a good player to have for Palace, even if he's somebody that I think he's a very good player, but maybe you might think, right, we could maybe get someone slightly better. However, a great squad option to have. He can play a couple of different positions. London boy, he doesn't cause much trouble. He seems like he's a good character to have around the club. I, I, think, I think that it works for both. And for, for Townsend, it's not like he's pushing for a top six
6: move. Uh, Crystal Palace is a perfect club for him. Yeah, I like him. I'm, it's, you know, he's, he's been consistently a very good player for us. Mm creative player scored some wonderful goals obviously the one at manchester city last season and um you know it, it, we, we we need creative players that's what we're, we're lacking at the moment so you know since he's been injured we've been struggling um and hopefully he's back now he came on as a sub so i'd like him to stay and i think on the personal reasons we were talking about this earlier that uh, you know early on in his career he was loaned out some numerous Loads. clubs and he yep. said i think it was in the press wasn't it he had a bit of a gambling addiction or, or something. Yeah, he's,
4: he's been talking a lot yeah. about his yeah. previous gambling addiction this season, which is great that he's coming out and he's admitting this and he's raising awareness for it, which yeah. is another reason why I said that the, the attitude and the character that he has around the club, he just seems like a positive influence. Well,
6: I think it's hard when you work away from home. And, 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 and I... have done contracting and I've worked away from home and and you're stuck in hotels and you don't have your family around you and you don't have friends you just have work colleagues and and I can imagine you know him at a young age you know being stuck in hotels playing football at that sort of level and and yeah he's probably now found a club where he's happy he's got some good colleagues workmates and uh, he's playing good football he probably just wants the stability and I think we need to get yeah. that deal over the line.
5: I keep <laughs> forgetting their workmates. You call <laughs> them workmates. It's a really weird concept but they are. Aren't they, they are. Aren't they yeah. really are. They're just
4: they are they're, they're like us in an office they just happen to kick a football to each other. Yeah.
6: Um, 9 loan moves in 4 years. Wow, that is a lot. But I knew it because I'd read about it, and I I think there was a, there was an article on it in one of the, the newspapers, and uh, it was quite interesting. To see. he was sort of the most loaned out player at one point, and um, but but no, he's a great servant, and uh, especially when he's up when he's on fire and Wilson's on fire, both of them on either side of the the flanks was brilliant for us, and I, I long to see that hopefully again uh, sooner rather than later.
5: I wonder how his um, tirad last week against uh, gambling went down with the club shirt sponsors because you know it's it's all over football now, isn't it? Since you know you're not allowed to advertise cigarettes anymore. I know football never yeah. did. I remember West Brom years ago had a no smoking logo didn't they? <laughs> um, back back in the eighties. Um, it's it's so tied up now. It's it's no wonder you like you were saying footballers on their own in their room on their smartphone. It's so easy to put a bet on.
4: Yeah oh no, absolutely. It's and it's, uh, well, football is the, the, supposed to be banned from betting on the Premier League mm. specifically, but it's interesting that gambling companies are allowed such a prominent place in the middle of football shirts and to be so entrenched in, um, in football at the moment, gambling companies. you think about you've got, you've got Paul Merson on a gambling advert.
5: Paul Merson, who has gambling exactly, problems, yeah. on a
4: gambling advert, it's disgusting.
5: Uh, I got me, me kids, the uh, when the first Puma kit came out, the kids' sizes were so small, my, my 12-year-old daughter, had to wear, the gambling sponsor one, rather than, I think it was Utilita, or Nordolf Robbins, the, even the shirts were too small, so you've got kids, going around with gambling companies, mm. they're going to be curious, on their phones, all kids have got phones now, What is now. this? Yeah. What's this? You know, there, there's talk of, Games like FIFA with FUT spending money to buy packs and being lucky with getting players in their packs to be fair team-up, is a precursor to gambling. So it really needs a good look at
4: Well, to be fair, you don't know what player you're going to get. You put money down, you get this pack, and then hopefully you get the player you want. it? I've it, never even looked at it that way. I don't play Ultimate Team personally. Career mode, man. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that is a very good point. That is a, a start for gambling that seems to get go under the radar that these kids are putting some money down. And I know that it's not for a financial gain, but it's luck or, you know, you, you get messy or you get... Uh, Lee Catamol.
6: See, when, when, <laughs> see when, when Nick and I were probably, you know, at a similar age, when we were about nine or ten, We, we our gambling would be like, you know, the, the fruit machine down at the local chippy, wouldn't
5: it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you mom, win tokens.
4: Yeah, my mum used, used to have us playing cards with uh, matchsticks. <laughs>
5: Palmer violets
4: for us <laughs> yeah that was it uh, well you know that that's i think that's harmless that's all right but uh, no this is it is very true um back to andrew townsend himself though and we mentioned earlier ben tecker coming out and james you said about maybe saint Tosin coming in to add that creativity what about townsend coming in and shifting ayu back into the middle
6: yeah i i want to get i, I know we spoke about it it's really hard because nick had a good point here that ayu has been playing very well for us mm and um but you know you kind of need a, a proper center forward i think to hold the ball up and i'm not quite sure if if i think i'd prefer to have toson up there as the center forward because i think he demonstrated um on that away game when he scored i forget who it was against but he, he 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 was fantastic the whole game and uh and then but then what you've got to do is you've got to have you know wilf on one side and then you've got to have are or towns on on the other and i'm a bit of a dilemma here because I really want to get Townsend back in the side, but who does he replace? Because Ayu has been playing really well.
5: What if you played Ayu behind Benteke or Tosin?
6: I don't think Roy will allow that because I think he doesn't want to weaken the midfield. He's so defensively minded. But I agree with you. I think that as a positive step forward would be to play Ayu behind either Tosin or Benteke. But then you're gonna you're gonna weaken the central midfield, and I think that's where it doesn't fit in with Roy's plans but,
5: but if you've got those three behind kind of in a line behind Benteke they're so interchangeable Townsend can play on either side and through the I, middle and through the middle I, you can do the same and so can Wilf so imagine the chaos you know you've got Wilf running the, the right back yeah. ragged for 15 minutes then swapping over and you know it's it it's Interchangeable, we could be like Barcelona and not actually have a recognized
4: <laughs> forward. Townsend could almost come in in the Jason Punchin role, <laughs> which is sort of in behind the striker, left footed. You know, I wouldn't say similar, two similar players, but they you know, they they have some similar attributes, and Punchin
5: was very successful in that role. Well, Townsend is a lot more direct. Yeah. Punchin would stop, do three, three 360 degree turns with a ball before he decided what to do with it. He was a great servant for the club, but he definitely, uh, it was time for him to go. Um, Andros has also got a goal in, goal in him out of nothing, mm. which is, which is what you need really, particularly when our, our striker isn't um, putting the ball in the onion bag.
4: And if you're not creating chances, having someone who can hit one from 25, 30 yards.
6: Yeah, another is, guy that can play a, can take a free kick. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, Roy's got some difficult decisions to make and he I always think he, he struggles making decisions here. But he's got, you know, a, a, he's got a couple of very good players. You know, Tosin that we've obviously brought in on loan and we've told him that he's going to be playing, I expect. And that's why he's agree, agreed to come to us. So he's got to make a decision as to whether drop Ben Teke and put Tosin in on Saturday. And then he's got to make a decision as to whether, you know, he wants to bring Townsend in. You know, we, we did create a lot last weekend but we didn't score uh, apart from the free kick obviously yeah. so um, I'd, I'd be inclined to, it's difficult because you've got a winning team there and you don't always want to change a winning team, that's what <laughs> managers always say so I would be inclined to probably I don't know, I, I'd like to change it but um, he probably won't and then the best we'll get is he'll change something at half time maybe But
5: it's good, he's, he's talking about a new contract now, I mean there's still 18 months to go so yeah. it's not its not like... It just shows well, intent. Yeah, indeed. And and just looking at this report, there are a lot of other players whose contract ends uh, in 2021. You've got Gaeta, Cahill, who might be kind of in the twilight years. Thinking
4: about hanging them up, wouldn't yes, he? Yes. I don't
6: think he'll hang them up. He looks brilliant. He still looks like he's, he's mid-20s to me. I mean, he's been playing so well. Good move to put him as captain. So, yeah, absolutely. So, I think he'll, he'll just carry on. And, and some of these defenders, they go on until their late 30s. So, long, long, may, long may it continue with Gary Cahill. Um, but uh, Gaeta's been fantastic. Um, I'd love him to sort of sign a new contract as well. Um, and goalkeepers can go on and on and on. So, that's a good one. <laughs> yes, so, that's
5: very true. And he loves it at Palace, yeah. by all accounts. He was linked with Man City, wasn't he? And he kind of said, no, I like Palace.
4: Well, that's all you can really want from a player. Uh, Let's continue this conversation next, because a player who probably won't sign another Crystal Palace contract is Wilfred Zaha. Townsend has said that the players will wish Wilfred all the best if he does leave. They'll wish Wilfred all the best. You know, you have to. They're, They're friends first and foremost, I would say. Teammates as well. Will he stay? I don't know, but I'm not sure... That the amount of suitors that he would have had previously will be knocking around for him now. We'll go into that
1: next. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio,
4: Crystal Palace fans show on Love Sport Radio. Miles Blumsom, Nick Gillard, and James Howard—they of course are from the Back of the Nest podcast uh, team. We were just talking about Andros Townsend. He is looking like he wants to sign a new contract. 18 months left on his current deal. He's already started to say, I'm happy at the club. Left it out for Steve Parish to make the decision, I'm assuming, and we're hoping that Steve Parish does make the decision. Someone he has been talking about, though, is Wilfred Zaha. Andros Townsend has said the players will wish Wilf all the best if he leaves, which is looking increasingly more likely. However, I'm tempted to say and i think that you might disagree with me here but was it a mistake to keep him last summer you could have got 50 mil for him do i think teams will come in with these price with the price tag now has he contributed enough to the team this season so far was it worth keeping him on when you could have got that money and reinvested it in the squad? 0208 70 is our number here, by the way. You can call us or WhatsApp us. I'll throw this out to you first, James. Do you think you should have got rid of Zaha in the summer?
6: Um, no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't personally think 50 million is enough for him. However, at that point, he hmm. had a very good season last season. Um, I didn't necessarily agree that he was worth 80 million. Yeah. But I certainly didn't agree that he should have been sold for 50 million. Somewhere in between, maybe. Right. Um, but I, I, if Saha if Sahar goes, uh, then even though he's he's a he's such a talented player for us, I think that's that's um, the kind of heart and soul of Crystal Palace, and I think that is something that I worry about is that if he goes, then others might go as well. Yeah. Um, and although he's probably not playing his best football at the moment. This is just a blip, as far as I'm concerned. He will come back into form. He will start scoring a few more goals. He's still fundamentally a very, very exciting player that I go and pay money to watch. You know him as an yeah. individual, and I enjoy watching it. And I think that he—he, he, I think will Palace will struggle to get the money that they want for him. And I think we're going to have this um, problem again where. He's going to want to maybe want to go, but mm. the club are not going to be prepared to sell him. Re-
4: got- Realistically, how much money can you get for him now? <sighs> Who knows?
5: <laughs> Who knows? Because you you, you say 50 million, 80 million. He's worth 80 million to us.
4: Not anymore. Well,
5: no, because you, you've got to think he's a marquee player who's known throughout the world. Okay, he's known throughout the world and he's wearing the Crystal Palace kit. He is selling Crystal Palace around the world with his skills. He goes and plays for... um Ivory Coast, and gets us a lot of fans yeah. out there. He's known worldwide and all the while he is playing in a Crystal Palace shirt, that keeps Crystal Palace on the map worldwide. If he goes, who have we got as a marquee player that's going to bring the cash money into the club? So keeping him you, you've got to take money that's going to offset the money that we'll lose but, in the marketing. But on that same
4: point, Jordan I's playing for Ghana. It's a similar situation there. He's sparing the Crystal Palace to
6: Ghana. No, I agree with Nick. Um, Zaha's worth eighty million to the club, um, and I I agree that he's worth keeping because over the seasons he's he's kept single handedly kept us up. He's scored the goals that have mm. got the points that have kept us up. Yeah, he's consistently played well yep season by season apart from maybe this season he's been a bit off color however he's consistently been he's consistently played well and um we we can't afford for him him to go i don't think i think the problem is if he goes then it's just the start of something you know which is going to just get worse it's Um, it's a
5: bit like when we lost ian Wright, and mm. we we just couldn't find anybody to replace him all right we had well, did Gabbiadini come in before Chris Armstrong? Because Chris Armstrong was pretty good, but Gabbiadini, yeah, he did, you know, whoever yeah. you get in trying to get in to replace them, they're they're never going to be the same player in the fans' eyes. Mm. See, the, the, being in the Premier
6: League is worth over a hundred million now, isn't it? Yeah, arguably one hundred and twenty-five million, something like that. yeah. So if Wilfred Zaha has pretty much helped stay, keep us up, then then as far as I'm concerned, he's he's worth seventy. Eighty million. So you'd still be looking
4: for the club to bring in... If he was to go, mm. you wouldn't be happy if he went for anything less than 70.
6: Well, I was thinking about this the other day. And if you had a player of the same ability as Wilfred Zaha, then I would possibly... uh, Guaranteed a player. I'm saying that you... I wouldn't sell him without having someone else in place. Mm. If you had a Jack Grealish, who's younger and would come to us and Zaha went out for a similar price I might be tempted
4: I think the problem is you hit the nail on the head earlier that the top teams are actually looking at Grealish ahead of Zaha now they they he's more popular in the fans eyes for the Manchester Uniteds for the Manchester Citys Liverpools even than Wilfred Zaha at this point in time he's more exciting because he's younger
5: do you yeah also to get somebody as good in will we actually get a player in for as much money as we're going to get for Zaha you know, is it? Are we going to make money out of it? You know, because we know Steve Steve Parish likes to make a bit of money. I'm going to ask a controversial question: Has he peaked? You said he's not been very good this year. Mm. Is that down to the way the team's playing, or is he actually just naturally gone past his best? How old is he now? Twenty six, twenty seven.
4: I think he's oh, twenty seven. Twenty
5: seven. Twenty seven. So, what age do those sort of players peak at? I know your Messis and Ronaldo no, are I'll still go going forever. strong, but. I yeah. think
6: the the peak age of a footballer is around about twenty eight, twenty
5: nine.
4: Uh oh, it's getting younger. It is getting younger. The players are yeah. bursting onto the scene earlier, and especially wingers.
5: Apart from Palace, where the average age is the <laughs> oldest in the world.
4: Yeah, but are they are they players that are all at their peak? <laughs> That's the question.
6: But I, I you know, um, I I hope he stays. I really do, and I I can put up with him having a having a bad season because he's every other season he's been
5: brilliant but he, have we seen the best of him or do you think there's more to come? That and that,
4: That's the risk is that he has got to his best and he's now gone past his most valuable and he gets to the point where it's going to be struggling to get money for him because I think they'll always be valuable in Palace fans' eyes but fans from other clubs might not see him in the same way and more importantly, owners and managers from other clubs might not see him as the player to take their team forward. And I know that you might want to keep him around but if, if his performance levels don't, increase next season for what they have done this season then is it just a degree are you in in charge of a declining asset is it like a 2006 volkswagen polo which i know that if i if i sold now no one would pay any money for
5: yeah yeah we buy any player.com other other player buying services are available now i'm just thinking but you know i've I've said he's worth that to us. You've got to wonder how he'd do in a team like Man City. Would he flourish in a team like Man City, or would he be such a small fish in that pond? Um, who knows? I'd, I'd like to see him play a few games for a better team, just to see how he fits in and what he's like.
4: I don't think he gets into the Man City team at this point. I think the the, the, the teams that will look at him, Everton again, Tottenham and Arsenal probably, who are looking for these name players to keep the fans happy. They're the That's the best he. Liverpool, Tottenham, I think might... Liverpool and uh, Manchester City, sorry, I think might be slightly beyond him. Uh, Man United potentially could be looking in that area. He might go back there, but would he want to go back after what happened last time?
6: Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't think he... I think his struggle at a top six team. He he misses too many one-on-one mm. situations in front of goal for me. Uh, those sort of types of players that the clubs are going to pay 70 80 million for, um, one-on-ones front of goal they score every time but uh, no he, he's probably worth about on, uh, without me putting my Crystal Palace glasses on he's probably worth about 50 million now yeah I agree with you on that but I wouldn't sell him for that
4: no that's I think that's completely fair enough the thing is he's that's that's his value to you and in your eyes
5: Sorloth's worth more than him at the moment, isn't he?
4: <laughs> he is, yeah, yeah, he is. Fifty mil, <laughs> apparently. For, for, uh, Forty million pounds, I believe, is the rumored transfer fee to Real Madrid. However, and there are issues here. Crystal Palace wouldn't pick that up because if if Real Madrid showed any interest like that, you would expect that um, tra- uh, Trabzonspor. Sorry for my pronunciation. I know, DR, probably be kicking me, but. Um, would you would expect go for the five million pound or four million pound what it is buy out buy, uh, to buy clause in the loan contract, get that and immediately sell him on for forty five million pounds
5: well well that's where we 've gone wrong as a club, I think, because you know social media is awash with people looking for someone to blame, and it's very difficult that we've kind of <laughs> we're going to lose out. Money wise big time because of the, the loan deal arrangement yeah. that we had with uh on Thanks for giving me the, uh, <laughs> the the practice run there. Um So whoever whoever did that deal is I don't know really use the word Muppet because that said when he played for us he was worse than rubbish.
4: Yeah, and five million pounds you would have been
5: happy with and getting th- for him. And the fact he scored more goals than our entire team this season j- is it the way that that team set up that they played to the striker's strengths? I mean, Benteke could be scoring that many goals if we carried on playing the same Sam Allardyce way.
4: Yeah, well, Turkish league's not as good either. So there's there's many, many factors. But if Real Madrid want him, unfortunately, it doesn't look like Palace would be able to to get any of that money because the thing is that the Palace were rumoured to have tried to get him back in January to cancel the loan because he has been scoring goals and Palace yep. has been short of goals. They couldn't. It's now another 18 months that he can be at uh, Trabs and Spore and have this £5 million buy clause in this low two-year loan contract. So they've got until next May to trigger this clause and they can't up the price. There's nothing they can do about it. And, it, you know, like I said, if Real Madrid come knocking in the summer, they could quickly trigger that and
5: then send him straight to Real Madrid. But would you get rid of your top scorer who's taking your team to the top of the league?
4: I think in Turkey that's a lot of money for a player in Turkey I think that they'd be able to get a few good players like they said you know a loan deal for, for Sorloth, 5 million pounds has got one of the top scorers in Turkey I, I think they take 45 he million pounds for him
5: unbelievable he is definitely one of the worst players I've seen in a Palace shirt <laughs> He was rubbish, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I agree, yeah, he was rubbish. But, I mean, he can stay in Turkey for this
6: season and next season and score score their goals to win their league, and uh, he's still going to be only about 24, 25. Um, so he's still young and he'll still... He'll still um, go for a very good price.
4: Uh, let's talk Roy Hodgson quickly before we head to the break because he's stalling on a new contract. As we've heard, it's been offered to him by Steve Parrish. James, you got more yeah, of an inside was, info.
6: Yeah, there was an interview that was uh, through the Crystal Palace um, with Steve Parish. It's a very, very good interview, in-depth interview, and um, part of it was explaining that Roy's been offered a contract, extending a contract, at the end of this year, at the end of this um, season. Um, But he hasn't signed it, Um, but they both, Steve Parrish and Roy, seem to be very laid back about it, quite quite happy about it, but it hasn't been signed, so read into it how you like, really. Do you want him to sign a new contract? I think I'd like uh, to review the whole situation uh, at the end of the season still, um, (laughs) because I wouldn't want to make a decision just after the last game.
5: I know we won, but that doesn't mean to say I've... I can, I can see why he's not happy because he's not got players in that he's wanted. He's not, he's not got players in full stop. Really, has he? Well, there
6: was another thing that Steve went on to say. There's a quite a few interesting things, but what Steve said was that, um, you know, people will blame him for spending thirty million on a player being a flop. So, you know, he said he's got to be really careful that we we don't go out and spend another thirty million plus on a flop. Ooh. Uh, and then again, but then again, people would criticise him for not spending 30 million on a player. So he's got he's got a difficult job to do. And, you know, quite frankly, I agree with Steve. I think he's got to be careful. We're not we haven't got a sugar, sugar daddy owner. Um, we can't start spending a fortune that's going to get us into debt. Um we have to wait until the right players are available maybe bring them on loan first like we have with Cenk Tosin see how he performs and if he performs well maybe we we use an option to buy And, and that's the way I think that Palace have to go and the manager whoever the manager is has to accept that
4: to be fair And as you saw on the weekend, things could be worse in terms of buying flops. Could have bought Joel Linton. (laughs) And thank God for Palace fans, they haven't. It's quarter to nine. Up next, we're going to talk to Aidy Packham from Albion Raw. Brighton this weekend, very big game. This is
1: Love Sport London. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. The Opposition View on Love Sport.
4: Love Sport London. This is the Crystal Palace fan show. Miles Blumsum here with the back of the nest Our podcast team. Nick Gillard and James Howard. have had a tweet in from Quentin Soldan on at Lovesport Radio. As you can tweet if you'd like to, you can also call the show oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight or send us a message on WhatsApp. Uh, Quentin has said Palace fan listening live in Inverness. Uh, very, very north. <laughs> Not quite in South London, is it? Uh, always love the Palace chat. Zaha needs to move on. Can't expect him to stay in SE twenty-five forever. He's worth fifty million pounds right now. Just going on from the chat that we had before.
6: So he agrees with my valuation of fifty million. Fifty mil, yeah. But That's you still wouldn't enough. take fifty mil. But he wants him to move on. He wants him to move on. I'd would like to have asked him why he wants him to move on. Um, that would have been been nice to follow that up, but. Um, no, I don't want him to move I want him to stay, take, finish
5: his career. Yeah. You, you know, I, I want him to be able to better himself. And as Townsend was alluding to, I think the team want, him, want to see him move onwards and upwards rather than sideways, I think.
4: All right, let's move into the opposition view because this weekend, 12.30 on the telly, Brighton and Hove Albion at Crystal Palace at the Amex down in Brighton. It's a little bit of a derby match, <laughs> we know that. Uh, joining us on the line now from the Albion Raw, uh, Ad Packham. Ad, welcome to the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Thank you for stepping into opposition territory. Ooh. How are you today?
0: Good evening, boys. You you are right? <laughs> You're right.
4: Yeah. We're, we're good, mate. We're good. Um, you must be feeling relatively confident going into this game because it's only one win in five for Crystal Palace against Brighton so far in the Premier League.
0: Uh, Yeah, but we've not won this year. So um, <laughs> it's kind of... Yeah, you know how it is. It's, it's it's a big match for both of us. If you take the rivalry out of this, this would be a big game anyway. Um, we're both desperate for the points. We're both in the wrong end of the table and looking nervously over our shoulders. Um, are we confident? No. Um, we I and mean, we shouldn't be confident um, at the moment because we're we're playing well. We're playing a beautiful style of football, but. You can play the, the sexiest football in the world, but if you're not putting the ball in the back of the net, you're not going to win football matches, and that's basically what's happened. I mean, a game at Sellers uh, earlier in the season, we absolutely murdered you in that game until you brought Max Meyer on. Um, we are in the press box in that game, and we're going around, coming over to the um, to the press room at half time, and the chuntering from you lot, the, the abuse that you were giving your players as they were coming down the toilet down the tunnel was music to our ears
5: that's the the problem the last few games we just haven't seemed to realize the importance that this game means to the fans and we came away with the impression that that Brighton were definitely up for it more um well I think last
6: season we rolled over three times didn't we Nick uh, to Brighton yeah and we, we it was only twice but the season before
0: that it was um yeah, when we had it was when we had junior FA Cup.
6: The as cup well. as well, wasn't it? But so so recently, we just we just haven't really sort of up the game, and that's the frustrating thing about uh, you know the recent Crystal Palace Brighton games. Um, I, I'm surprised. I mean, yeah, I I think that um, it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be quite close. Um, one one player that I wanted to talk to you about that you've got, uh, and I think he's yeah. on loan is is Moy from Huddersfield. No, well, um, he's permanent now. Is he permanent Yeah, you say so January. Yeah, yeah permanent. Yeah. Oh, we, brilliant. We yeah. stole him. We got oh. him
0: for five million quid. Yeah. <laughs>
6: uh, do you know what? That That is one player that I really wanted Palace to get um, in the summer. And I don't know how we missed that one. But I think he's been brilliant for you guys. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's been described as the pasty Perlo. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he's brilliant. It's like Perlo meets John Joe Shelby, isn't it? Um, he is playing very well. You've got a few other good players. Neil Morpie up front scored the equaliser straight after Sheffield United's opener at the weekend. That was a big away point for Brighton. Uh, Morpie coming in this season, first season in the Premier League. You would ex- assume he's going to get better next year, but it's been a relatively good start from him, hasn't it?
0: Uh, yes and no. I mean, he, he blows hot and cold. I mean, he. I mean, that goal on Saturday was his first in nine, um, and he, he has a little hot streak here and there where he scored three, three, or four games in a row, and then he'll go on a game like on the run like he's had now. where he has not scored for nine. Um, we're creating a lot of chances in games, and we are dominating games and we really should have been we should not be in the position that we're in right now if we've been taking those chances and, and we're talking good chances not just harsh chances or like uh, something with someone like morphia he should have been taking more chances he's taken about six or seven to score one um and that's at this level that's not really good enough uh to the point where um lord Glenn has returned to- the lineup because mm. we're creating these, ch- these chances and we need an experienced head up there to just, like actually put them in. But it's, I think, mm. but I mean, on Saturday, it was only the second time this season that Glenn and um, Neil have actually started together, and, uh, and I think that's something that could actually uh, get us some joy because, you know, you're they, having two players who like a a two foot two and a line down. It's like uh, you are playing up front two midgets. If we <laughs> want of a better phrase, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, we're not playing with any width, so we're not really getting crosses into the box. So that's why Glen wasn't really starting, but now all of a sudden he's he's started the last three games. So we've we that we haven't seen much of Aaron Connolly either. And we've got we're nervous. <laughs> Can you tell?
5: You're, you're, it's been spoken a lot about how you're playing really lovely, as you described it, sexy football, but not getting the results. Would you rather have sexy football and lose, or dull football and win, and stay in the division? uh
0: I think we're a team. Let's put this to put a different spin on it. I think we're a team in transition at the moment. I mean, it, it, the. the Time had run out for, for Chris, I think. Uh, he'd taken this as far as he could. And look, we're, we, we're completely in awe of Chris Houghton. We absolutely love him still at our football club. And, um, you know, he's arguably the most successful manager we've had in our history, having taken us up to the top flight, kept us there for um, two seasons, and taken us to an FA Cup semi final. So, um not many managers have done that for us, but um, we we know where we're at, so um, we know we know what, what um, it's, we know what supermarket we're shopping in, and, and it's not Harrods. <laughs> um, <laughs>
4: uh, talk to us about the game this weekend, then. How are you expecting it to go?
0: Um, it can. Go, uh, we deserve, We 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 need to put in a performance. we've, we've we know it's going to be cagey. We know there's going to be a bit of an edge. Um there always is against you Lot. I don't like these early kickoffs because um the, the atmosphere tends to be flatter in the earlier games than that it would be at a five a five thirty or a three o'clock, um, for instance. And um I think we all know the reason why that is, don't we boys? Um <laughs>
4: Uh, AD, but, just know, just quickly before we get into, let's 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 just wrap let's wrap this up with a score prediction just for time. Um, what do you think the score is going to be this weekend?
0: We're going to win three one. You're going to win
4: three <laughs> one. There you go. That's it. Um, AD Packham, thank you very much for joining us from Albion Raw, uh, Brighton Crystal Palace this weekend. Uh, gives us a couple of minutes to do our score predictions. James, how do you see the game
6: going this weekend? I think we're going to. Uh, I think we're going to win three 0 Through why? Why? Yeah. Why? Well, I, I think the the team on the back of a win last weekend. Uh, I think we've got most of our players fit now. Uh, what he's just said about the Brighton team being nervous and 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 they haven't won a game. I think we are just going to go down there. Roy's going to explain what's happened over the last season or two. We we need to pull something out of the bag for the fans. I think we're going to destroy them.
5: <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Nick, do you agree? I'm, well, I'm hoping that as our players, have, most of our team have been with us a long time, they'll actually get what the derby means to mm. Palace fans. So that Brighton, with their more transi- transitionary team, as he said, um, won't really know as much. It all depends on how Roy wants to set up. If we can be quick out of the blocks, I say this every week, we're due to give somebody a right duffing. And I just You do say every week. Um well, quickly, the Newcastle game could have
6: been 4 or 5 nil. Yeah. If we'd have put those chances away. Now, if that type of game happens at Brighton and we put the chances away, then it, it will be 3-0, 4 nil. Yeah. Are
4: you going 4-0, Nick? I'm going to go 3-0. 3-0 like as well. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it's going to be 2-0 Palace. I think it's the perfect game for Palace on the road against a team who, um, as Adi just said, tried to play the sexy football. So they might be a little bit more open. Perfect team, potentially, For the Crystal Palace counter attack. So I'm thinking 2 0 Palace. That has been the Crystal Palace fan show.
1: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.
2: It's the 90th minute.